Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. So I get the opportunity this morning to introduce Reverend Terry Seegers this morning. Is he going to pass this on, brother? It's all yours. Good morning. Oh, it's been a long time since I stood all the way up here. I've been up down there on Wednesday nights, but here lately. Pastor Tony's uh, been good to me lately, been uh, giving me about a couple hours notice to preach on Wednesday nights. So it's, uh, it's good of him to do that, but this time he was really good to me and gave me a couple days. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, I've been, uh, actually, he had told me he was going to have me preach in February when we got back from a, we're going to take a vacation first part of February with one of our kids. And he had told me, he said, yeah, I'm going to have you preach in February when you get back. He said, I know you gave a word because we've been talking back and forth about this. Uh, he's been preaching on the book of Acts and God had given me a message several years ago that I preached to when we were um, pastoring at Eastside Assembly of God. And Man, it, was, it came out as a powerful word, and, and I said, man, that, that's what I'm going to preach. And I, and I thought that's what I was going to preach today. I went back and started. Matter of fact, you can turn to your Bibles in Ezekiel 37. We're gonna, that's where we're going to be today, starting verse 1. If you, if you have your Bibles with you, I didn't put anything for the, I don't have the technology set up. I didn't get with these guys about putting anything on the screen. But So if you have your Bibles or your phones and you want to take them out, Ezekiel 37. But I begin to... To try to put that same message together because uh, I'm going to just be honest with you. I didn't think I'd ever be standing back in the pulpit like this after I left East Side Assembly of God. I had decided that God was through with me pastoring or preaching in the pulpit. That I was going back to the secular world to, to just be the best church member I could be. And serve God in whatever capacity he had had me to, to do out there with you guys. And uh, that's what my plan was. That was what my plan was. But about, it's been almost a year ago, God began to turn my heart back to his uh, calling. Actually, just resurfaced to calling. I, I just sat on the shelf for about six years. About six years. I've uh, been not, hadn't preached. So y'all got six years of pent up not preaching coming this morning. No, I just, huh? Uh, she said, where's the coal? Because Santa Claus gave Pastor Tony some coal for not ending his sermons on a timely manner. That If you were here that night for the Christmas party. But anyway, God's got us back. He's uh, just working on us and doing things. But I want to, one thing, Pastor JP, I want to introduce this. I know you, we we're going to do that, one of us. But up here, there's some prayer uh, directive for the week. Pastor Tony's going to have a prayer directive every week um, up here that you can pick up on the altar. And then, of course, if you're going to be participating in the fast and you want one of the books that he's provided, God's Chosen Fast, to give you some direction there. It's a, a great book. I've got one at home, and I haven't opened it yet. I will. I started the fast this morning. <laughs> I'm going to be hungry time we leave, so that's a benefit for you. Um, 
and then the, the fasting cards. So you can set out your own, what you want. I'm going to tell you what's going to be on big letters on my card. My card is my children. I raised my children in the pews of the church. But today they don't sit in the church, huh? Do what? Yeah, I've got my other children in here, my nieces and nephews. They like my children. They help raise them. They've been under my youth ministry for many, many years. And uh, they followed in suit. But my natural-born children are hard-headed like somebody. It must have got that from their mothers. <laughs> That's all I can figure. Oh, oh that <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that happened, you know. But uh, they're not in serving God like they should. They believe. They believe. But they do not serve the Lord like they should. And they're going to be 21 days of heaping coals of fire on their head through this fast. Along with whatever else the directive that pastor wants us to have. And this week I'm going to read it to you. Spiritual revival, renewal in our church, including yourself. Pray that God renews your revival in yourself along with the rest of the church. Second thing, that spiritual baptism would take place in Bear Creek Assembly of God. The third thing, that every individual who attends Bear Creek Assembly of God would be a soul winner. Wow. What if everybody was a soul winner? And you brought somebody to church. We'd definitely be going to two services. Or three. The next, financial blessings for this church. To accomplish, not just to have money, but to accomplish God's purpose in our community. And next one. For the lost in our community to be saved through our church. The last thing. Pray the Lord would rise up laborers for the harvest field both at home and abroad, calling forth pastors, missionaries, and other, thing, other areas of ministry from Bear Creek Assembly of God. And what's funny, I went, to put in, I went ahead and read that first because I want to explain, I went to put that same message together that I preached at Eastside Assembly of God out of this set of scriptures about the Valley of Dry Bones. That morning that I preached that message, the power of the Holy Spirit was strong. And I said, I'm going to go preach that exact same message this morning. A couple of days ago. And I began to put that, open them by Bible and, and start looking and start typing things down. And because I went back to look for that message and I couldn't find it. So I had to re, rebuild it. When I rebuilt it, it came out nothing the same. <laughs> so God had a different plan. That's why I couldn't find it. Now what will happen this week? I'll probably find it. So that, that's okay because God has another plan. So let's read. I'm going to read the first. We're going to read that first section of Scripture down through chapter, uh, not chapter, but verse 14. Ezekiel 37, 1. And the hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. 
when he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make, listen to this. The first thing he said, I'm going to go ahead and draw attention to you. This is the first thing he said to the bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. There was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, oh, our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone, and are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, I will know that I, you will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. I want to explain this verse in Scripture real quick. Ezekiel was about 25 years old when he gave this uh, prophecy. Ezekiel was about 15 years old when he was taken into bondage with the rest of Israel. They were about 10 years into 70 years of captivity. When the Babylonian army come and take, took Israel captive for 70 years, they were pulled away and carried away to Babylonia about 900 miles from Israel. And he was, at 25 years of age, God came to him and he said, prophesy. That's what he was, this is a prophecy back to the, the, the people of Israel. And this vision wasn't just a, a anything he was to tell the people this not this wasn't for Ezekiel see Ezekiel apparently was walking close to God now I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit with that but just listen this vision was given to the people to interject hope into their situation how many of you had a bad week as I did anybody in here have a rough week yeah a few hands she told you she, I was coming down 231 at four about 415 in the morning Killed the biggest buck I've ever killed. <laughs> he was a big one. You look at my truck and you can tell he was a big one. I got his horns at home, uh, brother Harold. I'll show it to you later. He's a, he was a good buck. He wasn't the biggest buck I want to kill, but he, he was a nice buck. He, he matches about anything I got at home. So, 
It was one of the biggest bucks I've ever killed. Uh, it's pretty sad, my truck. He, got, I, he was running away like he had just got whipped by another buck. But when he hit that highway, he got in a fight with a ram. <laughs> he lost. Oh, and I'm lost $500 for a deductible. <laughs> but look, see, Israel was in the situation. They were in a hopeless situation. They were in bondage. They'd been in bondage for 10 years. Can you imagine if we were invaded by the Chinese army today, or, or I'm not, I'm not going to say Russia because that little country is about to whip them. They, they've been in a pretty rough time. But if, say, China, they got the largest army in the world, invaded this country, and we became captive to the Chinese army, and we were no longer free. Wow. Think about that. Could it happen? Absolutely. Nobody's ever tried to invade America. And, and I know that's why, because there's been many guns in our homes as there is in that Chinese army around this, our country. And that's one of the reasons they won't invade, because there's an army sitting in, inside of, of America. And I want you to understand that there's, in this scripture this morning, it, it said something about he's going to raise up an army. And, and at the end of this, I'm going to come back to that. Look around you. There's some people in here. It's a little bitty troop, but this could be part of an army. That's where I'm going. But listen, Israel was in a situation where they were dejected. In other words, sad or, or, and dis, dispirited, sad, depressed. And it's like their spirit was gone. Have you ever been there? It's like, man, you got so in a, a place of sadness and despair, I, I just can't get out of it. You ever been in that, that place in your life? Could you imagine being captive to another country? You can't go and move and do anything you want to do. You can't just leave and go on vacation. Uh, if another place invaded us, they're going to take everything we own, everything we have. They were discouraged. They were disillusioned. Disillusioned. They were disillusioned about God. They thought God was, they, they, they look at God and say, why, how did God forsake us like this? We're 10 years into this and God, he's, we're supposed to be his people. And here we are captive. But you know what got them in that place? Turning their back on God. And a lot of times that's us. We'll turn our back on God and it gets in us in a, a bad place. Especially when you've known God. When you've known his blessings, and you've known the things of God, and you've known the blessings of God, and then you turn around and you start acting like the world, and doing the things that the world does, and you let those little things in, uh, come into your home, uh, your, or, or on through the, whether it's the television or the things that you bring in and let your children see, or, or other things in your life that, that maybe God might Except, but it might not be just the perfect thing for a Christian to do. All things are permissible, but not things are profitable. But are all things going to build your spirit? No, there's not. But in this 21-day fast, I, I'm going to challenge you. If those are little things in your home, take them out. This 21 days, see what happens in your life when you devote everything and get the little things out of your life. See, the word says, the little foxes spoil the vine. 
It's just a little fox can spoil a whole vine. They come up and they eat it. They take it and they spoil the whole vine. I'm not going to preach on that. There's a whole message there. They felt defeated. Israel felt defeated. And what they were, they were dead. They felt defeated and dead. And God seen it. God heard all that. And he gave, he gave Ezekiel that prophecy to tell those people, there is hope coming. You know, we as individuals in the church, we find ourselves in the same situations. We do. We find ourselves that way. We, the enemy of our soul attacks us. He gets us down. Uh, we find ourselves feeling those, kind of, feeling those kind of feelings that Israel did. Feeling like I'm desperate for something to change in my life. My situation needs to change. And what's sad? What's sad today? It's just like Israel's captivity. When they were in captivity, just like that. There's kids being, there was kids being born into captivity. They were 10 years into captivity at that time. And there's a whole generation that was born into captivity. Realize that? Zero to ten years old would grow up to 70, up to 70, 60 and 70 years old when that prophecy came. They lived in bondage and captivity. They never knew freedom. Some of them probably died in their captivity. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you get, let kids be born into your homes and there's sin in your home, when I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is what the Holy Spirit's doing. I may, I, y'all may get a short message. Who knows? Those kids that were raised that never knew the difference between freedom and captivity. Listen, that's in the real life. And here in America, we've got kids being born all across this world that have never known spiritual freedom. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about our country. Listen, if you're watching online, listen, if God's not the center of your home, the people around you, your friends, your neighbors around you, even in this church, you've got neighbors. They don't even think about the Spirit of God anymore. Used to, I, I remember when I was young, everybody I knew, everybody I went to school with, they were connected to a church of some type, it seemed. It did. Ask one out of ten people. Well, ask people. I, get, I dare you to ask your neighbors how many of them, what church they go to. And see how many of them tell you actually that they're tied to a church. Just ask. And see how rampant it is. That our church, not our church, our country is in spiritual captivity. America is in spiritual captivity. But there's freedom. There is freedom that can be had. The young didn't know freedom. They grew up not knowing freedom. What we do have in this country today 
as generations that still know God. I look in here and I, I see a young generation sitting here that knows God. I see a little bit older generation of them, those teenagers that know God here in some 20s and 30s, and 40s and 50s, it's some older than that. Several generations here that know God. You see, I, my grandkids come over when they're with me. They get something at some point in time. We talk about God. We talk about that. And I tell them, I say, I don't care what your mama says when you go home. This is the way it is. I don't care what your daddy thinks. and the way that, This is the way it really is. Instill something in the generations that you come in contact with. If it's your children, whether it's your grandchildren, whether it's your nieces, your nephews, somebody. It's your job to spread that kind of stuff. America is going to hell in a handbasket at this point. Unless revival breaks out in this country, we're one generation away from a godless country. You understand that? I preached that in this church right before I, I left to go to be the pastor at Eastside. That, that home, I don't, some of you, most of you weren't here for that message. But with one generation, one generation of not telling our kids. And we're getting really close. All that sounds rough, y'all. Sounds like a doom and gloom message, don't it? But here's the difference. Here's where the good news comes. God spoke. You understand that God spoke something here. God spoke. He gave a vision. He, he, he gave him that, that vision to cast vision into the people. To cast something to look forward to. To remind them that who God was. I'm going to tell you this morning, God is. He said, I am that I am. He said, I am what you need. I am who you need. I am what you need. I am your, your provider. I am the glorifier of your life. I am whoever you need to me to be. I am that I am. He is who you need. You see, when God speaks, you got to listen. You know, God speaks a lot. He tries to speak to you a lot. Listen, that's it. Did you, I heard somebody else said it for him. What did you say, Brenda? Say it, Brenda. Whoop. Did you hear that? Say it louder. Uh-oh. God speaks, but most of the time we don't listen. That's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Because Ezekiel had to be in a place that he could hear God. He was in the same captivity as all of Israel was. But apparently he was one of the only ones that could hear the voice of God. Listen, you might be in a world full of, of downcast hellions. But you could be the only one that could hear the voice of God. But you know what you got to do with that voice of God? You got to turn around and speak what the voice of God says. My goodness, you got to be the mouthpiece of God. We have to be the mouthpiece of God. We don't have, they'll need to be the people that just sit back and say nothing. We've got to be the mouthpiece of God. If you're not in good spiritual health, you're not going to be able to hear the voice of God. 
He set him down in the middle of the valley that was full of bones. We get sit down. A lot of times, listen, I'm going to tell you where I work. I work at the prison. And I'm going to tell you that's a spiritually dead place. It's not. No, it's not. It's a godless place. It's not spiritually dead because Satan is running rampant inside of that place. I'm going to tell you, I live every day in that valley. I walk in to the valley of the shadow of death, uh, of demonic living. There's glimmers of people in there, young men that are trying to change their life. But, and we, I get to actually talk to some of them about that. Praise God that we don't get shut down for that in that air in that place. It's actually encouraged to change lives. Believe it or not, it's great. But listen, we got to be not just hearers of the word. Yeah, I'm just to read that scripture. It says in James, it says, "Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves." Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Look, I can look in the mirror now and I see an old man and I can't forget that. <laughs> Yeah, I look in the mirror now and say, where'd that good-looking old young guy go? Now there's just a good-looking old man. I don't know. I, I can remember it better now than I ever could. The last part, listen to this. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed and what they do. My goodness. There's a promise in that. You hear that promise? You're promised if you listen to God. You listen to his instructions. And you turn around and do something with it. Blessings will come. Wow. We should be walking in the blessings of God. Just because we listen and do what he says. Now, I can hear God all day long, but until I take steps of faith and walk out on, on, and do what God wants me to do and take the steps of faith to get back in the pulpit, y'all, I'm telling you, this is a scary place to stand and look at y'all. This, it, it, this is one of the scariest things you'll ever do in your life is get up and preach the Word of God. Because you're delivering from the Most High. Is it... People think it's a, a glorious thing to get up here. It's one of the most fearful things to get up here. I thank Pastor Tony for entrusting me to be in this place. But I have to bend wholly on God for the words because I don't want to make a mistake and, and deliver something He don't want me to deliver. But I'm going to tell you something. We've got to deliver something. We've got to be speaking into people's lives. Take a step of faith in your world. What is it that God's asking you to do that you haven't done? Is it to take part in this fast? Hmm. I ain't going without food. Some of us, 
I need to again. I, I put on about 10 pounds during Christmas, Thanksgiving. I was looking pretty good, if I do say it myself. <sighs> yeah. But I need, I'm taking part of the fast not to lose the weight. But they, hopefully the Lord will allow that to happen. But my spiritual body will get stronger and look better to Him than it ever has. I want myself to be more presentable to God than it ever has. I want myself to be stronger and, and more useful than it ever has. And listen, I'm getting old and I can't do the things I used to be able to do. I, I told Christy, I kind of wish we'd have had some uh, more kids. I was the one that said, I don't want to have any more kids. And she probably, she would wanted more, and I didn't really want any more. And I wish now I'd have had a couple boys. As I'm getting older, I could have used a lot of more help around that house. <laughs> I had to buy a tractor to get it done. So, I don't know, the tractor's probably cheaper than raising kids. <laughs> but some hands would have helped. Listen, you may be in a place of dryness in your spirit. You may be in a place of dryness and you say, I can't hear God. I, I just haven't been able to hear Him lately. I, I just don't know why He's not speaking to me. But understand, here, I want you to hear this. You may be in a valley. You may feel dry. But God's speaking. Doesn't matter where you feel. Start listening. And you will hear His voice. If you'll slow down long enough and quit asking Him when you get in trouble for your situation, listen. All you got to you want me to tell you the easiest way to listen? I don't have my, give me a physical Bible. I got that. I'll give it back. You've got a phone. If you don't, grab, grab it. Use the word. He will speak. I remember as a teenager, I said, I don't know what to read in this thing. Where do I start? That would be a good place. And I would read. And you know what would happen? It would come alive and speak to whatever situation. When I was young, I, I didn't understand how to study the word. And I still stumble with it sometimes. But God speaks right here. If you don't know how to listen, start right here. He will speak to you. Don't go reading chapter after chapter. Just take a small portion. I don't care if it's the Psalms. Find something and read it slow. Read a chapter. Read it over. Find us. If I go into... Some of these Old Testament books, Chronicles, is awesome. And find, like this one, Elisha taken up to heaven. It's, just, it's, a, it's what they say, they say, some people call them Bible stories. No, this is history. This is not a Bible story, y'all. This is biblical history. This is what happened. Don't tell your kids and your grandkids this is a Bible story. This is a Bible history lesson. This is what happened in the past. That Elijah was taken to heaven in a whirlwind in a chariot. And, and read it. Find something and 
God will speak to you. If you can't hear it during your prayer life, I'll tell you what you'll do. You'll start praying and stop and listen for a little while. God will listen. And then when you find yourself in a situation and you find yourself in a dry place, you can begin to speak to your situation because God has spoke to you. You know what the Word says now. And I can speak to my situation. I can speak to Satan and say, get out. This morning when I walked in the city here, they were having problems on this stage. I began to walk around this church and say, devil, you're a liar. You're not, you don't have a place here. You're going to get out. You don't have a place. You must go. You're going to, you're, they're going to start having a, a better practice. They're going to, things are going to work out. And this, well, things just changed. They got back on track. And devil has to listen to you. You have the power if you have it. If you have the Spirit. Because I want you to understand something. He went through the valley of dry bones. Acts chapter 2. Hold on just a second. I told you first. The first thing that he told them, remember? In, the, in that set of scriptures. When he began, to pro- God told him what to prophesy. He said, tell them I will put breath in them he told them i'll put breath in them before i put the bones anything to the bones any tendons that the first thing he said is breath so the most important thing is breath the breath of god the breath of breathing see your body you could drop dead right here right now and your body laying there and you ain't breathing you ain't no good we could do CPR or whatever, but if, it, if you don't breathe, your body's just a body. Your heart's not going to stay beating. Your brain's not going to function. Without breath, we're useless. And spiritually, if you're without the breath of God in your life, you're useless. Hmm. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and separated and came rest on each one of them. And they began to speak in tongues, other tongues. They didn't know what the languages were. The Holy Spirit filled them. But a sound of a mighty rushing wind, a blowing. It says a violent wind came. How many of you have ever experienced a violent wind about four years ago, was it? That was a violent wind. That will get your attention. Christy, on Wednesday morning, there was a violent wind came through Fountain. And we're living in a trailer now. That was a violent wind. Scared her to death again. And she had to speak the name of Jesus. Is what she was talking about this morning. The words in, in, in the vision. 
Ezekiel was told to prophesy to the breath. And the word breath, and the word wind, and the word spirit in the Bible. All three of those words in the Hebrew mean the same thing. Wind and breath and spirit are the same. God's breath, the wind that blew, and the spirit, all three connected, they're the same. The breath of God entered them, and they came to life. You see, at the end of that, he, the, sinew, the, the sinew came on, the, the flesh came on, and they laid there. Flesh and lifeless. A lot of times we have church. We come in and we sit on the pews, or our chairs, thank the Lord we have chairs now. We sit as churches across America. This one gets lively once in a while. For so many times, even in here, some of us will sit lifeless. We have flesh. We're even breathing, but we're lifeless in the Spirit. A lot of times, the wind blows in here, and some stay lifeless. Some don't. See, it's your choice. It's by choice whether we come to life or not. God's not going to force Himself on you. God's not going to force the Holy Spirit on you. But God's looking for an army. You understand God's looking for an army. I got ahead of myself. That breath, God wants to blow. I want praise team to come back. Don't tell Pastor Tony I preached. I'm ending this early. I don't know that I'm done. Just getting close. You see, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit like an axe, chapter 2, being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and you've received the power. If you've not received that kind of power, I believe you can today if you want to. You see, it's a gift. It's a gift that was promised. Look at this. I'm going to skip down here. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. On, the occasion, on one occasion, while he was sitting eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. Wait for my gift, the Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But I want to key in on something. Wait for the gift. Wait for the gift. Let me ask you something. There's a lot of people in, in the world today that don't have a father. An earthly father that's worth anything. A lot of people, I don't know in this church, you may, your father may not have been present in your life, but there's a heavenly father that's very much present for your life. My daddy, if he gave me something, I could, I could know. I knew if my dad gave me something, it was something good. 
If he wanted to give me something, he wasn't going to give me something that was going to hurt me. My dad, usually, if he was going to hand me something, I, I would take it. I could trust my father. When he was alive, I'd trust my dad with anything he would give me. And that's the way it is with my heavenly father. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. That was one of the gifts. There's gifts. There's other gifts he wants to give the church. But I want to key back in on the book of Acts where Pastor Tony left off. The gift of the Spirit. You see, he prophesied to the winds. He said, Ezekiel, prophesy to the four winds to blow. From the north, the south, the east, and the west. And the Spirit of God blew. And breath came back into the bodies of the dead. I want to tell you something. If we as a church would allow the power of the Holy Spirit to really breathe through us. There was about six or eight people that began to pray at Brownsville Assembly of God about 20 years ago now, I think it was. They began to pray and a, a worldwide revival broke out. People came from around the world to Brownsville. Lives were changed. I'm telling you, lives were changed. People were healed. People got up and walked out that were lame. People came from all over the world and lives were changed. It was a, it was a few people. It was a tiny set of people that God allowed, they allowed God to, to blow the wind of the Spirit through them. And they sought God. They stayed on their face for that church and for God to do something in them. And God raised the vast army. It's time for God to raise the vast army again. Are you willing to let the wind blow in your life? That's the question this morning. Are you willing to receive the gift the Father has? If you've not received the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, think of it this way. He's your Heavenly Father. The only things He wants to give you is good things. Good things. I could have trusted my earthly father. Remember your daddy. He's my daddy in heaven. Abba Father. Abba translates as daddy intimacy he's my Abba he's my daddy when I, when I pray y'all it's not oh heavenly fathers it's just like this I pray I, I, it's just simple talk I'm not an eloquent prayer like that I just simply talk to him and I ask him things and he allows his spirit to grow and blow in my heart and my life. It's not hard to receive from him. It's just present yourself and listen and receive and do. This is my altar call. If you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He wants to give it to you. He wants you to have it. You, all you have to do is reach out and take it. You see, you have to take steps of faith. You have to take steps of faith. Sometimes for God, not, not sometimes, all time. Take steps of faith for things to happen. If you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you never have, I want to invite you. We're going to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill you with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If that's you, you have never, or you haven't in a long time, and it's dormant in your life, and you need to, I'm going to invite you right now. Come. And we're going to pray with you. And God will refill you. Anybody? So everybody in this house is filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody in here is filled with the Spirit, speaking in other tongues. Or you, those that aren't, don't want the gifts that the Father gives. Wow. Okay. In time, if you want the things of God, if you want the things of God, you are going to begin to desire them. Because listen, God's calling an army. Here's how we end this thing. And it's okay. God wants to blow His Spirit through us. It's not even 12 o'clock. Invite them to start singing again. And we'll invite you, some those that want to, come forward. I want you to worship. I want you to allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to begin to blow in your life as we start this 21-day fast. And there's the things that Pastor wants you to focus on praying this week are setting up here. And there's some in the foyer. Sitting in the foyer. Pick one up. Please pray these things in your prayer life this week. I'm going to tell you, God wants to give. He needs a vast, He needs an army. And Bear Creek, look, I'm telling you, if you look around, the power that one person holds in this house, the power that's in your life, the abilities that, that, that God can do through one person, whether that's you or you or you or you, God wants to do great things through you. And if he does great dreams through everybody in here, this place will blow up. Begin to worship him. Allow God to pour his spirit through you. Father, I ask that the wind will begin to blow in this house. Thank you for joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.